Philippians 4, 7 says, And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. In this episode, I talk about anxiety and share one of my favorite Bible study tips. Okay, I mentioned last week that last week's episode, this week's episode... And next week's episode are all just kind of random things. I I had a few weeks in between a series on the glory of God and then a a brand new series that I'll be starting. And so these are kind of fill-in episodes of just some, some random things that I've been studying and figured I'd share with you. So I mentioned last week also that I'm getting ready to start teaching a class at my church, a Sunday school class, and so I will be combining the podcast material and the material from that class, and also the this podcast name is going to change to align with that. So lots of big changes, and I'm sorry if that you know doesn't if that's not the way you would have done it. Um, but the name of the podcast I do know officially now, and the name of the class will be called Doctrine for doxology. Doctrine four, that's the number four, doxology. And so uh, more on that stuff later on as as I introduce that. But that's coming up. So the name of this podcast will change. The little art, that the artwork that you see on your phone or whatever will change as well. But the everything should stay the same. All the episodes in the past will be there. It'll be the same. It'll just look different on your phone. So again, I'll, I'll cover that more as we get closer. But that's coming up. So just a, just a forewarning. So um, in today's episode, I've been going through a, a topical memory verse system. It's called the Navigator's Topical Memory Verse I think it is called Top, Topical Memory Verse System. Uh, anyway, it's 60 very popular verses in Christianity, and um, my very good friend and and just a man that I, I really admire and look up to, Jim Young, he recommended this, and uh, and I've really enjoyed learning these verses. And so as I was reviewing the verses, this phrase just stuck in my mind as I was just uh, meditating on this verse and and reviewing it from memory. And so it's Philippians 4, and I, I read verse 7 to start this episode, but let me back up because the, the full context it includes verses 6 and 7. So Philippians 4, 6 and 7, here it is. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And the the phrase that kept sticking out to me was this phrase, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So this is a pretty familiar verse, and um, there's there's lots of, of phrases in there, of course, that, that may be... Uh, you know, familiar to you, but that one I had never just stopped and, and thought about that. And then that reminded me of one of the best Bible study tips I've ever heard. So have you ever have you ever been thinking to yourself, how does a pastor talk for sometimes a single verse for an hour sermon or you know a forty five minute sermon? I mean, how did they? And and as they're bringing up different points, you're like, man, how in the world did they? Even think to think that you know they, they they seem to just be able to really dig deep in certain passages of the Bible and and come up with their sermon. Well, when I was volunteering at a 
um, youth camp, summer camp. I was in college, and my wife and I volunteered with our, our church camp. A the pastor for the church came and did like a mid morning um, session where he went over some some different you know b- very basic Bible study tips. And it's Pastor Rusty Russell, and he's still the pastor at Peace Church in Wilson. And I just have always enjoyed hearing that man preach. And just the way he examines scripture, and and so just one of those those pastors in my upbringing that that stand out to me. And so anyway, he was he was sharing all these things, and the tip that I remembered most is that he says he will read a verse, and he'll read it several times, but every time he reads that same verse, he will really emphasize one word. And then as he reads it again, he'll emphasize the next word. And so what he's doing in his mind is thinking about why specifically is that exact word in that verse? And then, you know, and then you're thinking about why why is that word important to the whole concept? And so I'm going to kind of model that a little bit later in today's episode and uh, and that that has just really helped me uh slow down sometimes and 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 study scripture and and really understand better much better what the holy spirit is trying to teach us in scripture and so hopefully that's helpful for you as well now a little bit of context to this verse in philippians 4 6 and 7 this is the paul's kind of starting to close up his letter to the church in philippi and if philippians could be summarized in one word it would be joy or rejoice. So Paul emphasizes this several times and at the at the same time as he's writing this, Paul is is under persecution. He's in prison. And so he it's it's um he talks about his his being in prison, but at the same time how he's been able to share the gospel and he's encouraging the church in Philippi to rejoice. In fact, the two verses right before the the main text for today is Philippians 4 verses 4 and 5. And it, and Paul says this, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. So that's the kind of the context for this verse. Paul is encouraging the church in Philippi to rejoice and then goes into do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. So uh, uh, just a, a little bit about anxiousness and anxiety. And I know that this is a a, a huge problem in America. Um I'm an eye doctor, and so I'm not treating anxiety, but I see medication lists for all my patients, and a ton of people are on anxiety medication. So it's a it's a massive issue, uh, especially in America. Now, when when Paul uses this word, do not be anxious about anything, um, he's not saying that we should just be carefree and apathetic and just lazy towards uh, any kind of cares in life. He, he's not saying that. In fact, he uses the same exact word in Philippians chapter 2, speaking about Timothy. 
Paul says this in Philippians 2, 19, 19 through 20. He says, I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you soon, so that I too may be cheered by news of you. For I have no one like him who will be genuinely concerned for your welfare. So in the original language, the Greek language, that that word concerned, genuinely concerned for your welfare, is the exact same word that Paul uses when he says, do not be anxious. So Paul is is clearly not talking about, um, he's not wanting us to just be carefree and just whatever, you know, there, there are genuine concerns that we should have as Christians. But, you know, it, it, I don't even have to go into a definition of it, of what is anxiety, what is an un, unreasonable, an irrational um, worry, and, and an anxiousness that is a, a lack of trust in God versus a genuine concern that Christians should have. We should be concerned about others and and coming to know Jesus Christ that's that's you know one of our motivations for going out and witnessing and sharing the gospel with others because we have a genuine concern for them and so there is a, a godly type of concern but then there's also anxiety anxiousness that is is something that the Christian must battle with and and constantly be refocusing our our heart and our mind on God so, you know, another kind of sidestep here on anxiety. A question that we have to ask as Christians is, do we believe that the Bible is sufficient to teach us what we should do with anxiety? Sure, you know, people say, well, you know, the, oh, well, the Bible, I mean, those are, those are, might be a little bit helpful, but it's almost like people don't say it out loud because it just sounds ridiculous when you do. But it, it's almost like people act as if the Bible just doesn't quite understand anxiety like we struggle with in America today. It, like, like Jesus doesn't truly know, he, you know, he doesn't really truly know what, what worries and difficulties we have, or, or the Apostle Paul, or Isaiah, the, the prophet. And, you know, see how ridiculous that sounds when you say it out loud? Um, obviously, Jesus understands the the worries that we may have in this life. And so the Bible, I believe, is sufficient to address how we approach anxiety. Now, anxiety, um, an opposite of anxiety would be peace. And that's going to be in this verse here. And, And biblically, anytime anxiety or anxiousness is addressed, the, the context is encouragement to the, the person who may be anxious, and it always it, it relates back to you've got to understand who God is. You've got to you've got to refocus on God. And so let me give you a so so you could say anxiety results from a lack of faith, a lack of understanding and realizing who God is. And, and just a lack of, you're not focusing on God, you're focusing on the, the problems surrounding you. Um, and so let me give you some example verses here. Isaiah 26, 3, it says, you keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed or fixed on you. They're talking about you, God. So because he trusts in you. So you keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. And so the the person who has peace is the one who is fixed. Their mind is fixed 
own God and trust in God. In Matthew 6, verses 25 through 33, now I'm not going to read that whole section. I'm going to pick it up in, in verse 30. But Jesus is addressing this issue of anxiousness, and, and he says, But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? See how Jesus is talking about anxiousness and worry as a lack of faith? Jesus continues, Therefore, do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows what you knows, excuse me, knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Again, that's Matthew six, verses thirty through thirty-three. And so Anytime the, the Bible addresses anxiousness, there, there is always a, a refocusing on God. When Elijah is, is just thinking he's, it's over, um, Jezebel is, is trying to kill him and has put out like a, a death warrant on him, and, and so he's just he's done. You know, God says, no, I've, I've preserved a remnant. You're not the only one out there, and that's, that's sometimes what anxiety does, and it, it gets our focus off of God and and onto ourself and our own problems around us. And so the goal of uh, when we have anxiousness in our life, when we have anxiety, the goal is victory over that. That is the goal, okay? The goal is not to forever be um, just just be living with and dealing with this these same worries, this same anxiousness over and over and over and over again for the rest of our life. The goal is not to forever be on medications. And so there certainly are are physiological issues when we when we are anxious about things. There are legitimate things that happen to our body and uh, and we sometimes people that are having like an anxiety attack they are just not able to think clearly in those moments and so there 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 is medicine that helps with that there are relaxation techniques you can you know get out of a very stressful environment so there are physical things that you can do that to help with anxiousness but i think what we have to keep in mind the ultimate problem the ultimate problem with with our anxiousness is not physical the ultimate problem now i'm saying there are physical issues there are things that happen in our physical bodies that are attached to anxiety and and that has to be addressed but ultimately it is spiritual ultimately it comes back to a a lack of faith in god so let me put it this way a person who is taking their medications every day at the exact time that their doctor told them to take it and they never miss a visit to their doctor they're doing everything physically perfect maybe they they have a massage every day they're in a um you know uh, uh, their house is clean they're all the things that cause worry and anxiety they put them out of their life but uh, the person will still struggle with worry and anxiety however a heart and mind that is 100% trusting in god trusting in the sovereignty of god has zero anxiety 
And so ultimately, if the problem is physical, then if we address the physical, if we have the the medications and all that stuff, then we shouldn't have anxiety and we have more meds than we've ever had before and we have more anxiety than we've ever had before. But rather a heart and mind 100% trusting in the sovereignty of God. I'm not saying this is like super easy to do, but I'm saying when when we talk about ultimate cures, that's the one where we where it gets rid of anxiety. It's not just this, you know, oh we're going to be on this medication our whole life to try to somehow suppress uh, these physiological responses in our body, but we're just stuck with it. We j- we're just going to have to be that way forever. That is not the the goal with anxiousness. The goal is to to fix our minds on God so that the, our anxiety is it, we have victory over that. And so that that's what I believe the the goal of the Christian would be when they face anxiety. I'm not I'm not saying it's it's easy. I'm not saying it's just a you flip a switch and oh I'm not anxious anymore. But if you've got the the proper goal in mind and you understand the ultimate root of the problem, that's when when you start gaining um, victory over that, and and not just oh well I'm just wired this way and this is just how it's going to be and that this is just my lot forever. That I think that's the complete wrong way of thinking about it. So that's like my little soapbox on anxiety. All right, now let's go to the main verse that I want to walk through this little Bible study tip. So every single word you emphasize and you kind of dwell on why is that word in this sentence, and then you move on. So this this may move uh, rather quickly, but let me just read the verse again. That way you've got it in your head. It's, it's verse 7. So Philippians 4, 7, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart's and your minds in Christ Jesus. So the first word is and. This obviously links us to the verse before where we are told, do not be anxious, but in everything, by prayer, supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. So when you when you do that, then the result is what's going to follow in this verse. And so and links that for us. The next word is the. It is the peace of God. So this word here, the, is it's a specific. It's not just general peace. It's the peace of God. And listen to this. Only people who have peace with God, only people who have peace with God can have the peace of God. Only people who have peace with God can have the peace of God. Of God. Romans 5 1 says, Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And so, if you do not have peace with God, if you are a, a sinner and you are under the wrath of God because that sin has not been forgiven, you have not been justified by faith in Jesus Christ, then you should have anxiety and you should have worry and you will not have peace. And so only true peace is found with those that are are in Christ that they are they have peace with God so that they can receive the peace of God. Now, the next word is peace. So the opposite of peace would be anxiety or worry. Also, when we think about God and man, the opposite of peace would be war or fighting or enmity. Um so so we are if if you are in sin, if you are not 
redeemed. If you are not a believer, then God is your enemy. His His wrath is on you, and so uh, you you need peace from God. The next word is of. So the peace of God. This this peace that we're talking about in this verse is of God. It is only from God. Another way you could render this verse actually is and the peace from God. That the peace that comes only from God is what this word of is is talking about. The next word is God. Now God, remember, it's the peace of God, but God is the creator of heaven and earth. He's the same God that so loved the world that he sent his only son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. That's the God of this verse, that that God is sovereign. Psalm 135.6 says, whatever the Lord pleases, he does. I mean, just think about that. Whatever the Lord pleases, he does in heaven and on earth, in the seas and all deeps. The Lord is in charge of everything. He is sovereign over all things. Ephesians 1.11 says, In him we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will. And then Romans 8, 26 through 28, this is a familiar verse. And But what I want you to see is notice how this is talking about how we're weak and the, the Spirit knows how to pray for us. Remember, when, when do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication. So listen to, to what's happening with prayer here in regards to our weakness, all right? Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know what to pray for as we ought. But the Spirit himself intercedes with us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. Here's verse 28. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. And so in this verse, sometimes we don't even, the Bible tells us to pray, do not be anxious, but pray, let your request be made known to God. And this verse is telling us that for the Christian, the, sometimes we don't even know what to pray. We, we, we are, um, maybe it's a situation where there's so much worry, there's so much anxiousness, there, we just don't know what to do. For the Christian, this it says the Spirit intercedes with us with groanings too deep for words. We can't even exp- truly express the way we're feeling to God, but the, the Spirit is interceding for us and, and praying for us. And the Spirit is working in our hearts to let us know that all things work together for good, not for everybody, but for for those that love God and who are called according to His purpose. So for the Christian, that's that's the peace right there. Now, the next word is which. Now, the, the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding. So this this word obviously is is setting up the phrase that's gonna further explain or emphasize something about the peace of God. It's the peace of God which, and then Paul's gonna let us know, which surpasses. Here's our next word, surpasses. When we think about surpasses, we, we often think about going beyond. Um, but here, I think what, what Paul is saying is that this peace of God that surpasses, it has a greater value. It is worth more than 
understanding. It's the peace of God which surpasses all understanding. And so this peace of God surpasses, has a greater value or worth compared to human understanding. So the reason I think that is because just in the in the chapter before this Philippians 3:8 Paul says indeed I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord that that phrase surpassing worth is the English translation of the same word here for the peace of God which surpasses all understanding it's a it has a a, a worth to it it has a greater value i'd rather have the peace of god and have a and be simple minded and may, and not understand maybe all the intricacies of how anxiety works and 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 how all these medicines work and and all these different techniques to try to reduce my anxiousness if i have the peace of God, it will surpass all of that understanding. The next word is all. I've already kind of hinted at this, but but let me ask you this question. Do you, be, do you actually believe the Bible here? Do you actually believe that the peace of God is true? It truly surpasses all understanding. The next word, understanding. So you could think, um, like for us, that would this would be modern science and pharmaceuticals and all the different research that we've done on anxiety. The peace of God surpasses all of that. So uh, another way to think about this is it surpasses all understanding. Meaning, like when people look at the situation you're in, and as a Christian, you show such peace in a very difficult situation, then that people can't even understand how you could even handle that. Um, this this reminds me, and I, I cannot talk about this much at all because I'll be getting emotional here on the microphone, but this reminds me of my mother-in-law. Um, my father-in-law passed away, and also my brother my my brother-in-law was in the hospital like two rooms down. They were both on ventilators, and my father-in-law passed away, and we really did not think my brother-in-law was going to make it. And my my uh, mother-in-law lived in the hospital room for, I, I think, like six months. Um, and she would we we our family would would zoom call her and pray together each night and just to see the strength that she displayed in a very very difficult situation um and how she still carries herself and and kind of and and leads her family in that way um is just a it's she had a peace that passed all understanding and so it can it, it's it's can talk about this understanding could be our our scientific understanding of anxiety and how, you know, different things there, but it can also be um, how people look at this situation and say, man, I just don't understand how she can have that peace, things like that. The next word is will. So the, the peace which passes all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. This is a promise and this is a guarantee. So it is something that, that will happen. So this is not like, uh, hey, try, hey, test this out. Give the, you know, give this, uh, if you, if you struggle with anxiety or you're anxious about something, maybe just try this out and see if it works. No, this word will is a guarantee. It is a promise. This is the Holy Spirit gives us this promise in scripture that if we come before God, 
by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, letting our requests be made known to God, then the peace which passes all understanding will guard our hearts and minds. So this is this is a promise from God. The next word is guard. And what is being guarded here? It is it is our heart and our mind. And so when when you have the peace of God, it guards your heart and mind from wandering away back into anxiousness and and worry. So it it is guarding us. It, you can uh, another way that 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 word is translated in the Bible is captive. So when you think about guarding something, a lot of times it I think about like soldiers guarding a city and keeping people from coming in. So this would be other um th- this this would be other worries, stuff that that would enter our mind. It guards us from that. But at the same time, if we if we think about it as being captive, it in, in the same way the the peace of God guards our hearts and minds, and keep basic. Think about like keeping the peace inside of us, the peace of God inside of us, so that it's not let loose, and then worry comes into play. And so it is it is guarding us. And again, that is a promise that the peace of God will guard. Um, the the next word is your. Paul is is this letter is specifically to Christians in Philippi, and that's really important. It is to the church in Philippi, and so the the, the assumed audience here would be believers in the Lord Jesus Christ. This is to Christians, and then. Uh, because the Holy Spirit has preserved this letter to Philippi, and it is it is Scripture. This uh, this concept, this principle, applies through to all Christians throughout history. We Christians can can claim the same promise here that the, that Paul is giving the church in Philippi. Now, this is not saying that non-believers who are th- th- this this promise is not for non-believers who just want to use the Bible um, or Christian teaching as like an urgent care for their life. Like, well, I've tried everything else. Let me just try this this Bible, you know, Christian thing. No, this promise is for believers. It will guard your hearts. The next word is hearts. Uh, This the heart in Scripture can be thought of as like the inner man. It's your core beliefs, your feelings, your emotions, um, and and really your thoughts can can be in that as well. Um, and is the next word, so it's linking hearts and minds. And so when we when we think about hearts and minds, you know when I when I see the word mind, I think more of like thoughts. Um, another. Um, way that this could be seen is like our plans, um, the the things that we're sort of uh, looking out into the future and planning against. It it the peace of God guards us from um, as we're planning things to, to be so worried about all these little details. The next word is in, so guards our hearts and minds in. Uh, this this is the this is going to lead to the foundation of our peace the 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 peace from God. It's it, so it's in Christ Jesus, and that that word in is so important in the New Testament. So many times we read of of, peop, of Christians being in Christ, and that concept is crucial. Those who are in Christ, your uh, Paul says in Galatians two twenty, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live 
but Christ who lives in me. And this life that I live in the flesh, I now live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So the Christian is in Christ, and and that is ultimately where our peace of God is found, because the peace of God is is realized when when we're in Christ, we see... through Christ, we see God's love, His grace, His sovereignty, His power. That that the 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 religious leaders, the you know Satan is is working in them to crucify the Lord, and then we see that they if that they crucified the Lord of Glory, that God this was God's perfect plan. It was the it was it pleased the Lord to crush Him. Isaiah 53 tells us. So this was the plan from the beginning that Jesus Christ would die for the for in order to forgive us of our sins. And so we see God's power and his sovereignty over that whole situation even when like the disciples in that moment couldn't see it. God is sovereign. And so even in your own life when you can't see all the details, God is sovereign in that. And so that again being in Christ is our reason that we can have peace. The last two words are Christ Jesus. So Christ, this is not Jesus's last name, okay? Christ is, it means Messiah, the anointed one. The the Messiah was the promised, the, the coming Messiah of the Old Testament. And then Christ Jesus, Jesus is the God-man. The angel of the Lord told Joseph in Matthew 1, 21 says, She, that is Mary, will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Now, this is from Charles Quarles. That's Q U A R L E S. This is uh, his commentary on Matthew. It's called A Theology of Matthew. It's found on page 20, this quote. And it says, The name in Hebrew, talking about Jesus, it says, The name in Hebrew means Yahweh. Saves or Yahweh is is also could be said Jehovah. So this is talking about the Lord. So the name in Hebrew means Yahweh or the Lord saves. The name implies that through the coming of Jesus, Yahweh Himself is acting to save His people. The use of the name, meaning Yahweh saves, in combination with the statement that He, that is Jesus, will save, serves to equate Jesus with. Yahweh. So what what he's saying there is that Jesus means Yahweh saves. And but but here the angel of the Lord is saying that he will save. This this Jesus will save. And Jesus means Yahweh saves and therefore what what um Charles Quarles is is arguing for is therefore Jesus is referred to as Yahweh here and that's a very important thing because we as as trinitarian christians we believe that jesus is the second person of the trinity and that jesus is is the lord jesus is god and so uh, that's what he's talking about there so christ and jesus are the last two words of our our verse there so do that in your own bible study if you're memorizing a verse as you're memorizing it just think about the importance of each word in the verse. It helps you memorize it, but also will deepen your understanding of that verse. Now, in closing, 
uh, when we are anxious, God instructs us to, uh, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let our requests be made known to God. And then the, the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. Now, if you are battling anxious thoughts continually, what what I thought was interesting is the very next verse. See, if you're if you're constantly battling anxious thoughts, one question that you must ask yourself is what has your heart and mind? Another way to think about it is what are you feeding your heart and mind? What are you dwelling on? What do you always find yourself desiring to to do or what do you always find yourself thinking about? Because that is going to play into uh, our our anxiety. If we are dwelling on the the love of God toward us, if we are dwelling on God's sovereignty, and something comes up that may make us anxious, well, if we're already dwelling on the fact that God is sovereign over all things, we are a whole lot less likely to fall into that trap of of those those anxious thoughts. And so what are you filling your heart and mind with? When Paul's talking about do not be anxious and talking about the peace of God, the very next two verses are these, and, and this is what we'll close out with, Philippians 4, 8, and 9. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you.